Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend and my co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, we are riding solo today. It's been a long time since we've done this. And I want to... A long time since we've talked. I want to apologize to you because... I give you a hard time on the pod all the time about starting, asking questions, getting us going before we're ready to record, and I did it to you today. So hand up. I'm guilty. But before we get into that, how are we doing? Good, man. Like I said, it's been been a little bit since we've even connected. I've been trying to be super intentional about not being on my phone because I spend a lot of time in a chair with a sleeping child right now. And it is super, super easy to get into the desk scroll sitting in the chair. And then it's super easy to continue it once it's begun. You know, it's like that once you're focused on something, what you focus on grows and it just grew to a place where I wasn't really that comfortable with it. And so I've been really trying to not be around my phone. It's hard to do. Um, but I, I'm trying to carry a book with me wherever I go, which is something I like to do. And it's something I've, you know, read as a, Hey, do this instead thing. And so, um, so that's been, been something I've been working on. And as, as a result, I, th- I feel like some of my relationships with other humans have struggled. Um, but that's just kind of the season of life I'm in right now. And, and I want to be present for my kids. I, I find myself getting frustrated with my two-year-old a lot because she's a two-year-old. Um, and what, what usually causes it is that I'm, I have expectations about something else. You know, I'm, I'm somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And if I'm just with her, I, don't, I get less frustrated. And so that's all to say, I apologize for being a little bit unavailable these days. Um, no, but, but, but that's it, what's going on. No, but I, it's interesting because I actually, this isn't where we started, but we'll, we'll get back to where we, you know, originated on this. But it reminds me of, I, I know you have probably listened to it. I know you've listened to it in the past. We've talked about it on this show a lot the Craig Groeschel leadership podcast, he just finished up a three-part series on habits and habits of leadership. And the last one was breaking bad habits. And as you were talking, all I could think about was that last part where he's talking about how we, one, we have to identify it. We have to replace it. Those are the kind of the first two things. And then the breaking of the bad habits of removing the trigger yeah. Right. And for you, you know, it's removing that f- the phone and the access to it. And when we remove that and we put something else in place, now we are reading more, we're less on our phone and it gives you a chance. And I, I think obviously you can't go your whole life without being on your phone. It has a yeah. detriment as you've kind of already alluded to, like, Hey, it feels like I'm disconnected in some ways to other things that are important to me as well. But sometimes what we need is to remove that trigger create a different pathway, a different habit. And then that gives us an opportunity to to choose how we introduce it back in. Right. And I assume that's, that's, I assume that's your plan, but maybe you want to talk about that a little bit. Well, and it's like, I'm reading a book called the wisdom pattern by Richard Rohr. He's a, a, like a Franciscan priest. And he's talking about how, you know, the, the subtitles order disorder reorder. Right. And so like he talks about how the first naivety, right. The first naivete, is this like an inability to, to gather some sense around why it's good or like it's, it's order 
quote unquote, in the sense that like we, we want to control it, you know? And so like being in control of our phone is always having it with us, always being available, always ready to scroll. And then disorder is this place where you're not sure that that's a healthy relationship to the thing that we're talking about. And like, that's, I think where, where I'm at right now is in this disordered state. And then I haven't gotten to the reorder part, but that is part of the pro like that's the process of growth in everything. And we've talked about it before, right? Learn, practice, execute, right? Like that's the same sort of pattern that we're talking about. We learn it. We want to gather control about it. It's a little bit naive, our understanding. Then we go and practice and we learn about it and we grow a deeper understanding. Then it's time to go and execute the thing. And I, I don't know what my, and I like, let's be real. I have not been perfect in this, you know, like, I, I still get into that. I'm still really interested for some reason in what's happening at the NBA trade deadline. I, I'm I not just even gonna, a, a I was literally fan, right? going to make a joke about that. I mean, as we're recording, we, we've got, what, three, four hours left of this deadline. Yeah. And I knew that that was something, even though you're not a basketball fan, but, but that's, just like, that's, but that's yeah. the power of it, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's that simple, even though you're not a basketball fan, it's be, like the sports be, world is engaged in that. And so now I'm engaged and I don't even really care. Right? right. Like I, I can't tell you the last time I watched an NBA basketball game. Like, I, I mean, yeah. probably the finals last year, like maybe yeah. not even that, you know? And so it's this, it's this idea of what, what is keeping your attention What's controlling your attention. And, and so that, that kind of brings us to where we started this conversation, this idea of our phones, John has, John has a thought that I think is really powerful. And you were, what were you saying about, oh, man, about what know. we were talking about, Definitely. about how we, we just shouldn't ever not have an answer. Oh yeah. So, I mean, we were, we were talking about, um, wondering in, in this question of like, Hey, I wonder this. And so many times the last few years, and obviously smartphones have been around a lot longer than that, but I think the last three to five years. It's just every single, seems like every single person on earth now has a smartphone, right? And, and the reality is what that creates for us is there should be no unanswerable questions, yeah. but there's also some difficulty in that. And we just talked about it, right? That all of that access then creates this fragmented focus potentially on our conversations. It's happened to me and it's something that I enjoy but I also am need to be more aware of now that I'm thinking about it is because we, we could be having a conversation and it's like, Oh, I wonder who sings this song. That's not yeah. something. I mean, you, you know, everybody who sings songs, so that's probably not going to come up, but I know zero song singers. You know, I know songs I can sing with them, but I don't know who sings it. So anyway, that question comes up and it's like, well, hold on, we can look it up. Right. And which is great on one hand, because we have that information, we can figure that out and we have access to that, but it's also at what detriment to our conversation, to our connection, to the being present where we are now. And, and so, I, man, that's a tough balance because again, well, it's, there's this power in knowledge, right. And the education of it. And, and at the same time, you know, again, there's a power in the connection and in, in our community as well. But I mean, I think that comes to a bigger, a bigger question even is like knowing as a concept versus
sorry, I'm going to start over there. Um, it's, it's the difference between knowing and understanding, right? I, th I think there, there's a really interesting concept about that. And, and in this book that I just mentioned, The Wisdom Pattern, he talks about education versus transformation and how these two things are not the same, right? And, and to me, um, this idea of wisdom or knowing versus understanding, I think that's in Scott Barry Kaufman's book, Transcend. He talks about that where it's like, knowing is important for some of us. That's, that's the curiosity that we have. I'm curious to know the answer and have the right answer. And that's a, that's a cool thing. That's an important part of intellectual curiosity. And then there's a group of people where understanding is more important, right? Okay. I know the answer, but what relevance does the answer have? What does it contribute to the conversation? I am an understanding person. A lot of people might think I'm a knowing person because I really like to have right answers too, but I, I want those answers so that I can understand at a deeper level what's going on. And, and I think one of the reasons why I got out of education, right? <laughs> like why I left the teaching profession is because I'm not that interested in knowing the right answers. I'm interested in how those answers transform our life moving forward. And you can see that that's clearly what I've chosen as a career path is like, let's do transformation instead of understanding and education. And sometimes I get lost in that, right? I get lost in the, what I want to know the right answer. And one of the things that I think is really relevant is the thing that you said, how does being right, how does knowing the right answer affect our relationships? That is a really interesting question. And it's not always good. Like, let me just be real. Cause I, again, I I'm one of those people. It's not always a good thing. Or, or winning, you know, you said that, and I think of winning in a relationship, right? Whether that's, hey, this is the direction we're supposed to go to get to this place that we're going, that we don't know where we're going. This is how it's supposed to happen, right? I win that argument, right? Sometimes you got to go east to go west. If you haven't heard <laughs> that before, that's a different podcast. But no, but you're, but you're absolutely right. This concept of winning or being right does it really matter in, in our relationships and our connections or does this interaction, is that the most valuable part? And as you say that, I can't help but think like, what are our connections and our relationships rooted in, right? Like, mm -hmm. is it rooted in win-lose, right? Zero sum, one of us wins, one of us loses, or is it rooted in something that is, again, transformative? I love this word because it, it, it comes from like this idea of an infinite game. Are we in this relationship so that it continues in perpetuity forever, infinitely, or are we in this relationship to get something from it? And like, and sometimes being right is winning and that winning feels really good. And as a result, I mean, we've just had this kind of competitive ethos as athletes, as coaches, we want to compete and we end up competing in everything. But I think that what we're talking about is creating some awareness, right? Understanding the order, disorder pattern that we, that we have when it comes to our thinking about our relationships and, and what, what is good and what isn't. I think it's really important to ask these questions, even though I, I don't necessarily know that I have an answer. Yeah. It, it also reminds me of a podcast I listened to. Uh, so next big idea has long been, Hey, we bring on authors of books and we kind of tease out some of these concepts. Now they're catering even more to me, Jamie, where it's like, they call them book bites. Now it's like 18 minutes. It's perfect. I basically feel like I read a book 
every day because it's 15 minutes of this author telling me the, the highlights. But this guy was talking about how actually there's going to be a world pretty soon without email, which sounds, you know, we grew up in the era of emails coming around. It's like, what, what is happening? And now we've, that's kind of been our whole life, right? Of like, that's a form of communication for us. But what he was talking about is how it has made us so much less productive. And, and he was talking, and he was talking about our focus, right? And that's something you touched on earlier is, and whether it's the phone or our email or whatever, it's, we have gotten so used to our process being, I need to check my notifications. I need to check ESPN. I need to check my email because if I don't respond, then someone's going to be disappointed. Something's going to happen. And what that does to our brain, right. Is like, we're constantly switching and then we don't ever actually focus on the thing that we're doing, which, man, I, I wasn't anticipating getting to this today, but like, that's just such a hard thing, man. And, and especially in this day and age where it seems like everybody's like, Hey, no, we got to be connected. I expect an answer right now. I expect you to respond. And if you don't, you know, we've, we've talked about this, even in our relationship where it's like, Hey, if I send you a text and I don't hear back from you, I, yeah. I mean, this, this last couple of weeks, you didn't tell me ahead of time that you were like, Hey, I'm going to be off my phone a little bit. And so I, I let it go. And then I sent you a text. I'm like, Hey, is everything good? Are you okay? Like, and you're like, no, this is where I'm at. And it's like, Oh, but I've created that story in my head, like sure. over and over each day. It's like, wait, I haven't heard from Jamie. Right. And, and so it's just an interesting thing. Well, and how, I mean, how valuable is that to recognize and realize too? Like, okay, if you're trying something, if you're commuting, like let's communicate from the front end, you know? And I, we've talked about that, you know, off air a lot, like our communication contributes to what we're thinking about how our relationship is in a given moment. And if we're not communicating, something drops, the ball drops a little bit. And like, we don't know where we're at and then there's uncertainty and there's fear and there's doubt. And then that clouds and, and covers kind of everything. And that switching that you're talking about just like ratchets that up, you know, that, that constant like changing of attention ratchets that feeling of, of discomfort because, well, why haven't I heard back? Okay. I'm going to go on. Like, so I, I don't ever get lost in the thing that I'm doing. I don't ever focus completely and fully in the thing that I'm doing. And, and it's just so interesting because this time of year right now, like in Minnesota and just around the country, we're, we're finishing the winter season. We're coming up on winter sport, um, post seasons. Right. And so I've been working with teams about narrowing our focus, right. Narrow your focus down. Don't add things right now. It's no good. Right. And and one of the things that my wife said the other day is she's like, it's kind of like a tornado, right? At the beginning, it's building all this energy. And then at touchdown, it's pretty small. Well, touchdown right now is this, this end of season time where we're not having that big focus. And we're not exerting a ton of energy to get new things. We're trying to make the moment of touchdown be the powerful moment where all the energy is. How often do we do that in life? Like we just, we don't cycle like that terribly often, right? Right. We, as humans, we, we get into these patterns and, and they're not always healthy ones, right. Where we, where we kind of just drift to the next thing. And I've talked about that before, right. This idea of drift, we just drift into the next thing. We drift into the next thing, really focused work and attention is a valuable, healthy thing. And we don't get there terribly often because, you know, the big project is months away. The, the big moment in our life 
feels like it's not coming that big trend. No, like we have to create those timelines for ourselves. We have to, we have to be willing to stay in the fight long enough for it to matter. Right. right. You know, and that's really hard because if you don't, then that moment, that thing, that goal, that project is here now. Yeah. And, and we haven't prepared ourselves to get to the point where it's, we're, we're ready for that challenge and that the increased intensity, anxiety, excitement, nerve, all of those things. And then we don't bring our best because it's self-protection. It's like, well, if I didn't give my best effort in that moment, well, I wasn't really prepared. I didn't, you know, I, I kind of lost the opportunity. So I'm not going to bring my best because if I don't bring my best and I can tell myself, well, the next time I'll do it differently. And I, it, it won't be a failure because I'm a failure because I didn't have it good enough. It was a failure because of all these other reasons, right? We look to blame or we look to be the victim or whatever. And, and we have to take some responsibility and some accountability on ourselves and say, well, actually there's a, there's a whole period of time here where I just dropped the ball, you know? And like, yeah. again, we're not telling anybody out there something that you need to do better. We're talking to ourselves right now. Like that's, I mean, go back to the very beginning, 90 some episodes ago. Like that was the point is to dr- bring these conversations, these conversations that you and I have that grow us to the, to the wider audience. And I think like I'm in the moment of realization right now myself, you know, like, Hey, <laughs> there's a lot of things that I can be doing differently and doing better. And, and it's really helpful to, to have a conversation with somebody about this stuff so that you can realize it. So let me take you back and let's get more specific. Cause I know you've been working with some wrestling teams and obviously that's, that's a big deal in Minnesota. I was just reading an article out here in Montana cause it's state tournament is going on right now. And one of the coaches was, you know, was interviewed in this article and he was saying essentially the same thing that you talked about in terms of, Hey, right now is not the time to add more things. But the, the state the next statement that he made was an interesting one to me. And I curious to get your take and if this has come up for you, but it was something along the lines of like, Hey, we're not adding more things we're refining and it's time to switch from how do I get to the state tournament to how do I place high as high as I can at the state tournament? And, and I don't know if that was taken out of context. I don't know if, how that actually went down part of that conversation, but that just struck me like, okay, we're switching our mindset, which I sort of agree with in terms of like, okay, we're here now. But if, if we don't have that end goal already figured out, yes, yeah. we're not adding new things, but to go from, okay, how do I place the high? So Take that any direction you want, but that was, it just kind of struck me as odd because it's like, first of all, we should already have had some sort of idea of what needs to happen. Right. And, and it, it was weird because it felt like at the beginning of a statement, it's like, no, we're not adding new things. We're going to do the process. And then it switched to outcome, which I don't know, just one of the things I, I've been talking about is like, let's let go of wins and losses and let's let go of comparison, right? Like those two things don't actually help us get to our best performance because this time of the year, that's all we care about, right? We just want to, we want to give our best performance and the, the level of competition ratchets up at each stage, right? It, it kind of, it, so we start at the bottom and there's a wide pool. Each time we win, the pool decreases because some people have lost, right? These single limb tournaments, these double limb tournaments, each time we win, we have to compete against somebody that's better, 
in theory. They've won also, right? And so each now somebody's won twice. Now somebody's won three times. Now somebody's won four times. And that's the my new competition. It doesn't really matter if we win or lose when we get to those real high moments, right? Because the season's going to end anyway. The, the thing that we have to understand is that when I find out what my best is, now I can attempt to improve it, right? And that's a skill we take outside of sport. And so I think, you know, yes, it's good to be like, okay, now this focus is how high can I place? Sure. But I, I, would, I would change the language to say, okay, where, how far does my best take me? right? If I show up with my best each time, where do I get to that wall that says your best is only as good as this? Because that's always the goal in my mind is to be able to say, it doesn't really matter where I place or what I get or how I do. What really matters is that I draw out what my best skill is in each, in each of these opportunities. And if I can do that, even against good competition, now I've shown myself something. I've, yeah. Because we, we talk about all the time, processes compete against yourself. Well, when we start thinking about the scoreboard, when we start thinking about the outcome, we start thinking about how high a place am I going to get? We stop focusing on what is it I can do to overcome what it is my opponent is doing. You know, like it's, it's just about the score, the scoreboard, all those things. And let's, it's hard to not focus on those things, especially, you know, in a, in a challenging match, you're checking out the scoreboard, you're checking out the time, you're, you're trying to create context in which to compete. And so I think, I think all of that is of a piece. I don't want to be, you know, uh, dismissive of what that coach is saying. Cause that might not be what he's trying to say, but like, I think the same conversation is like, how far can I go? How far does my best take me? That's a really cool, exciting journey. It's just not, can we try and not define it in did I win or did I lose? You know? No, totally. Because I, I, again, at the same time, it's like, it takes it from, I think now that I'm thinking about it, the, the dichotomy for me was like, okay, Hey, we're not going to change anything, but we're going to change something. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, okay, we're not going to change anything. And, and so I, I love how you said, okay, how do I figure out what my best skills are? How do I hone those? And how do I use those things? Because obviously if you're going into the state tournament, it's the best of the best. Right. And let's be honest, whether you're talking about wrestling or football or basketball or golf or, well, maybe not golf. Cause that's a little bit different, but it, it, some of it is luck of the draw. Some of it is the luck of who you get in your bracket, who you are wrestling and how your styles match up or who you're playing against and how that works. And that's, that's true in life too. Right. Sometimes, yeah. you know, we're going to get people's best and sometimes we're not, and, and that's how it goes. But so I think, looking at what, what skills do I have? What can I hone in on right now and rely on that and say, Hey, it, like you said, figuring out a new definition of success, it's not wins and losses. It's was my best. Did I give my best? Did I perform? And not, if not, okay, how do I do it next time? Whatever that next time might be. Well, and one of the things I think about is like, if I'm caught up in wins and losses, if I'm caught up in advancement, if I'm caught up in what color metal, what color ribbon I'm going to get, that stuff is all a distraction to my best. So if, if I have 100% focus, right? This goes back to the focus conversation. If I have 100% focus and I bring 100% of my best, it's probably my best opportunity to win regardless of if I'm better than my opponent or not. But if I'm focused on those other things, if I have those outside stressors and challenges in there, 
I'm taking 1%, 2%, 10%, 12%, 15% of my best away. And now I'm only ever going to bring 85, 87, you know, percent. And that's not going to give me an opportunity to compete with the best of the best or to compete at the level I want to compete at. And again, to me, what these things are is self-protection. And I said it before, if I can blame the pressure, if I can blame the moment, if I can blame the situation, I don't have to bring my best. Like it's a reason that it didn't work out that great. You know? And like, I mean, we had uh, Chad, no, is it Chad Christensen? Was he the Hancock coach? We had him on. Go Owls. He, Owls. Um, he, he played for the high school in, and he wasn't, we weren't there at the same time, but I, I played against them in the state finals. And I, I, of course, my first instinct is we didn't play very well that day, right? We didn't play very well. They, they, they played pretty well that day. You know, like they made us not play well. And then, oh, we had injuries and these sorts. No, no, no. Like we have to bring our best, regardless of what somebody else does. Those excuses are just a distraction. They're just a reason for us to say, I don't have to bring all a hundred percent today. I'm going to bring, and we don't consciously think that, right? Those aren't conscious thoughts, but those are, those are part of that subconscious process that limits us from getting to where we want to go in the end. And that takes a lot of work mentally, takes a lot of practice. And, you know, I think that's what we try to do with the podcast, with the business, with our one-on-ones is to say, how do you create intentional moments that address this issue, right? That address this thing that says, I might be focused on the wrong things right now. Yeah. So let me change directions a little bit and, and also not in some ways, but I was just reading an article today and about the UConn women's basketball team, which if you don't know anything about them, they're dominant. They have been for 20 years, 15 yeah, years that. for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they just, they lost their, a, a conference game to Villanova recently, which was like, a, they had won 160 Six years or something, something yeah. like that in a row in their conference. So it just it made me think of the question, like, how is that success sustained? Because obviously they're really good, but in order to do that day in and day out over and over, how do, how do we get up after a loss and say, okay, well, we just got to do it again. Right. And, 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 or how do we keep winning and it becomes routine and not let our guard down for six straight years? Well, I think, you know, and I don't have the answer to this cause I'm not Gino, right. I'm not Gino REM with their head coach. Right. But if, if it were me, I'd, I'd be saying to my kids, my athletes right now, like guys, we raised the bar. Yeah. We, we are the reason that all these teams are so much better and can compete with us. Right. Like six years ago, this team might win a national title right now. We might, you know, like we might not be at that stage because everybody else has had to raise because of us. Awesome. Not bummer. We lost. Awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. unless we didn't play well, right. Unless we didn't give our best effort, but if we gave our best and we lose, like, and this, we talked about this with Trevor Solom you know, way back in the summer where it was like, we gave a really great effort and it wasn't good enough. Our best wasn't good enough today. That's a cool thing. Like as much as it sucks and it's hard and it hurts and there's disappointment in there, that's like, that's normal. But be able to say, like, if we raised everybody else's level and now they've come up to us, guess what? 
that's us getting to test ourselves again against somebody else rather than just us. Like we've been our, we've been the barometer for forever. We've been the place to set the tone for forever in this conference. Now somebody else has raised their level. Okay. We now have to raise up again, which is, which is the constant sort of struggle of life is to say like, okay, I think I got this thing figured out. Well, now it's adapted and changed over here and I got to go and address it again. And now I'm not ready for it in the same way I was. And it, and it surprised me. Okay. That's a learning opportunity. That's a moment for growth. I think the thing that I keep coming back to in this is like, there's a curiosity in all of it for me, right? There's a curiosity about what is our best. What does it look like? How do we bring it? Can we do it consistently? Like, okay, somebody else is good out there. Why, why have they improved? Why have they gotten better? How do I then respond to that? You know, like it's understanding not knowledge. So let's get back to the curiosity thing. But as I read further in the article, coach Ariema talks about, he, and his quote is like, Hey, losing happens. Yeah. <laughs> we just, we have to learn from it and get better. And we go out and play again tomorrow. Right. And I have no doubt that that is how they respond to winning also. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, that's part of the key is how do, how do we get to there where it's like, this happened has no impact on what happens tomorrow other than can I learn from this to improve, to find my best, to, to be better tomorrow. And then they had some injuries and they had some other things that have happened, but, and they asked about that too. And he's like, it's no one person, right? There's no one, this is, let's not make it. And I love, because the concept I think that he's getting to is like, Hey, let's not make this a bigger deal than it is. Yes. We want a ton of games. And I think they've had this before where they've had long streaks, you know, that where they've won national titles and haven't lost a single game. Right? Yeah, they won and, like 90 in a row or something at one point. It's and then crazy. they lose and and the response is, yeah, it sucks. We lost. It's not that big. Like, we'll get better tomorrow, right? And yeah. I think that's, man, that's such a good challenge for all of us. Like, okay, again, nothing is as good or as bad as it seems. Let's get back <laughs> after it and not assign more value to this one thing, this one day, this one meeting, this one conversation than is, is actually valued. So, and that, and that's the curiosity thing, right? It's like, how many times do we, as coaches say, like, we probably get more out of a loss than we do out of win, right? Play, play bad and win is uh -huh. more detrimental than play bad and lose because the loss makes us curious. The struggle makes us curious. The suffering makes us curious. Go back to Tom Ryan, cho chosen suffering, right? That suffering, that pain makes us curious as to why it's there. Why do we have to endure this right now? Rather than the win kind of, and again, remove the wins and losses. I think that's what Gino is talking about, right? Doesn't matter. None of that matters. The, the challenge is, okay, enjoy the win when it happens. Be frustrated by the loss when it happens. But when we wake up tomorrow, go back to work. Yeah. And there's a, there's a humility piece to it as well. And, and saying, Hey, I'm human. There's going to be things that happen. And I, the other thing to remind when you said curiosity and looking at, okay, why are people successful? Right. Why is this something, man, I feel like this is just a book podcast, you know, drop note dropping right, right now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I got an email, actually, I think it was this morning from Lindsay Wilson, who we've had on the podcast and, Along these same lines, she was talking about how she was playing professional basketball in Greece with Cheryl Swoops, who is one of the most famous WNBA female basketball players ever. And she said, you know, I grew up watching her 
at 12. And then all of a sudden at 22, I was playing with her. And the concept was I, you can't become what you can't see, right? If you don't see what is the possibility, if you don't be curious about how are these people successful and you don't watch and you don't go learn from other people, you can't ever get to that best that you potentially could otherwise. Yeah. It's, I say this all the time to coaches, like you have to show them, right? You have to show them what's possible. If we don't know what's possible. And I was reading this thing about Alex Honnold from free solo. He said, again, free solo documentary. Um, he said about climbing El Cap, right. Is I just kind of had to slowly expand my comfort zone to understand, like to accommodate that big of a task. And at some point it moved from once I realized it was possible, it kind of became inevitable. Right. And I love that concept. Slowly, slowly, slowly expand the comfort zone. Then all of a sudden it feels possible. He starts doing the work. And now he's like, no, no, it's not possible. It's inevitable. And I, I think that is such a, and that's what you're, that's what Lindsay was talking about in the email, right? It's like, she showed me what was possible. And then I decided that there was no other choice. That's what I wanted to chase and become. And at some point it was an inevitability and the outcome isn't inevitable. The becoming is right. The, the, who I'm becoming is inevitable, right? Had Alex Honnold not climbed El Cap, the, the challenge of it and the task of it would have transformed him into another version of himself. That was the inevitability, not the outcome necessarily, but that he was capable and confident enough to say, this is a challenge I'm willing to undertake. Well, now what other challenges is he willing to undertake? Even if that one doesn't happen, you know what I mean? Like that's, I just love it. It's such a cool concept. Yeah. I, I've, I've been, for me personally, this is something that hit home. Like I said, it got the email this morning. And it was like, oh man, yeah, that makes sense. I've been working with Montana State to try to figure out, okay, how can I serve you guys and, and your athletes? And and they do a good job in a lot of things. And at the same time, right, we don't know what we don't know. And so when I started researching, it's like, okay, what are other universities doing to serve their athletes specifically? And, and now it's like, oh, University of Michigan does this and Wisconsin and Iowa and Texas and all of these places, they, they all do it a little bit differently, right? And so why not steal from them? Why not learn from them? And for me personally, there was, you know, at the beginning of this, it's like we've talked about imposter syndrome and, and how we don't know if we can do it, right? And we don't know. And But the inevitability of it was, when I started to see that it's out there, right? It's possible. I can see it. And now I can go do it. And the more confidence I have personally to go and say, Hey, this is something I want to be a part of. This is something that can be really cool and valuable. But until we see it, until we research it, until we put in the time to figure out, Hey, we're just going to go fall back on the stories that go through our head that we create. Right. And we're not always very good at being positive about ourselves and our own abilities. Well, it's that first naivety, right? It's that first, I have ordered this in my own brain that it looks like this. And then I didn't ever test it. I didn't ever get it into disorder because the world challenged it. Like that's just the nature of this process. I, and I don't know. I, I love it because 
because partially it's, it's who I am. I'm just excited by the challenge of things. But I think it's so true of all of us, right? I want to put limits. I want to put limits out there that mean right? I want to have big goals and I want to have big dreams. And I want to think about all these things. But when it comes to doing the work, right? Learn, practice, execute. The practice part isn't a whole lot of fun. It's a, it's a lot of suffering, right? And we have to be able to transform that suffering into something valuable. But we can't do it unless we walk through the door, right? Unless we get to that moment of touchdown, we don't know what the damage is going to be, right? And, and the more energy we bring, right? Maybe the more chaotic it is, which is fine, or maybe the more productive it is, you know? And we, we don't get to decide that. Once we put it out in the world, it has to interact with something and come back to us. That's cool because then we're curious about what the next thing is, you know? Uh, I, I just, I get energized by these types of conversations because it, it feels so right. It feels so real. Like the things that we're talking about are out there and they're just waiting for us to go and attack them. Yeah. Jamie. I'm going to switch gears again on you. I see that you have a new shirt on, new yeah. logo. Those yeah. of you who used to watch on YouTube, you've probably already noticed that we have stopped putting on our YouTube videos. If you want those, reach out, let us know, and we'll maybe start crank that engine back up again. But tell us about the logo. What do, you, what do we got going on here? Well, you know, it's, it's just an Eyes Up Mindset logo. Uh, Not just. Come on yeah, now. Well, yeah, it's... So my, my sister-in-law is a graphic designer and I asked her to throw something together. We just kind of put it out. I got some shirts so that I can give them to coaches I'm working with so that they can be, uh, walking billboards for what we do mostly. No. Um, but, but seriously, like I really believe what we see and what our attention focuses on and lands on directs how we think in a lot of ways. And so for me, I wanted to make it big. I wanted to make it out there to say, if you see it, if you walk by a mirror, you see it on yourself, somebody else sees it. Like now you're giving, giving away good juice without even having to say anything. And so, so that was kind of the idea behind, behind the logo was to say, let's, you know, like, let, let's climb that mountain. You know what I mean? Like, well, so yeah, cause you can't see it if you're listening, obviously this is an audio podcast. You got a mountain on there. Tell, talk about what, what's the significance of the mountain? Well, we talk about it all the time, right? Like, do we have the willingness to take on the big challenge? Do we have the willingness to go out and attack the thing that is, is in front of us? And, and one of the things I love, I watched it again, I watched a documentary called 14 peaks on, yeah. uh, on crazy. If you Netflix. haven't seen that, you yeah. should watch. it's unbelievable. <laughs> he climbs the 14 highest mountains in the world, all over 8,000 meters, uh, in like seven months, <laughs> like something ridiculous like that. Anyway, but what, like in, in the previous, one, the, like the previous guy who had done it, did it over like 16 years. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. But one of the things I realized in that process, is like there's always another mountain, right? There's always another thing to go and attack. And if you climb them once the next time you're on it, it's a different mountain. You know what I mean? And, and so to me that, and I think mountains are just symbolic of performance, uh, in general, because it's always like, let's climb this thing. But 
I don't know. There's also like a, like a sacredness about that process, right? That the, the climb itself, the journey itself is the transformation, you know? And so to me, it's, it's not just one peak. There's, there's three of them here, but that's kind of a symbolic of like, there's always going to be another one and cool. Like, let's do it. Let's dive in, you know, because the journey is, is going to change us each and every time. So I love your statement about, Hey, make it big, make it visible, not only as a representation to other people, but to yourself, if you have been listening or following us for these last two years, you know, that I wear a hat that says live eyes up. And it's funny. I had this interaction. I, I went to a, I had to go to a formal dinner the other day, Jamie, and I couldn't wear a hat. And one of the guys that I, you know, I've, I've met a few times, he's a banker in town and he's like, man, I don't know if I've ever seen you without your hat on. Like, and, and it just reminded me like, oh, okay. It's not only for me, right. It's, it's, yeah. it's for other people too. And for the amount of conversations that come up for me, people are like, they, first of all, I, I, people love to say live eyes up and it's like, I, Okay that just doesn't make sense. Say it in your head once before you, and again, if you're out there and you're looking at my hat and you're like, Hey, I wonder what that says, live eyes up, but it's a reminder. Right. And so each time somebody asks me, I get to say, Hey, this is what it is for me. But also for me, when I put it on and I'm wearing it, I know that I have to act differently. I have to be different because of this, right? Because I need, I want to live this way. And it's a reminder for me physically to, to, do something different. Not that it needs I mean, to be so, different than how I would yeah. normally be, but it's exactly what I was going to say is like, it's not different. It's who we want. It's what we're striving after. Right. And that's, that's the idea of the mountain too, right? Like let's climb this thing. Like let's strive after the thing and understand we may not get to the top, but you know, I, I, I've, I've gone hiking with you guys exactly one time in the mountains. Right. And we, we went up to like 11,000 feet or something and we didn't go to the top of the mountain. We didn't, we just went and it was still a big deal, right? Yeah. It was still a process that was like, man, that was really cool. Um, you know, and it, and it made you think differently. Like, okay, I'm up at 11,000 feet. Air's a little thinner. Got to stop a little bit. Like, okay, this place is different. I have to approach it differently. And that's, that is life. This person, they're dealing with their own thing. They're bringing their own context and I better be present and find out who they are and approach them with that same sort of curiosity, compassion, whatever it is, moment by moment, right? And, and being present is so hard. I think if that, there's been anything that has been the focus of this conversation is like, what does presence give us? It gives us all the things that we've been talking about if we're on purpose, intentional about it. Yeah. Boy, Jamie, a little bit all over the place today, but I love it because this is, yeah. this is who we are. Right. And this For is, sure. you know, um, I appreciate you listeners joining us on this journey because it, it really does grow us and hope and it, I know that it's growing you too. Um, we just got Jeremy Christensen just reached out to us and he's like, Hey, teaching a lesson today in health class and here, the podcast, it, what a humbling experience for him to for send sure. a picture of a bunch of kids watching our video and that, that it meant that much. And I, I think that's really cool and uh, certainly appreciate the journey. At, 
the whole, I, I was asking you about the shirt, the logo. We're going to, we're going to move on after this, but if you haven't figured out, Jamie and I live in different parts of the country now. So we do yes. things a little bit separately. Jamie's got his business working in Minnesota. I'm I've referenced working in Montana with some different individuals and teams and stuff. We are still committed to bringing you the best of our best in this field and in, in our journeys. And so just because, you know, we're separate and we're different places doesn't mean this, this podcast isn't still valuable to us. And we want you to know that. So if you're in Minnesota, you're a teacher, you're a coach, you're a parent, you're a whoever, you're a business. I know you've been working with some businesses too, Jamie. Reach out to Jamie because um, he's going to give you his best. And and likewise, if you know, I, I do more on the individual side and we don't talk about our services nearly enough, Jamie, because neither of us are very salesy, um, but we would love to help you. You know, and, and if you're listening to this and you know of yourself or you have somebody else that is in need of small group or individual services, reach out to us, send us an email and we'd love to help out. And the best part about it is we get to then join your journey, right? We get to be there every once in a while and and find out how you're growing. And then that grows us too, right? We get to see a different part of this process. Like it's so gratifying. It really is to see progress for all of us but it's really gratifying to see progress together because then you get to share it with somebody. And like, that is just a, it's a gift, you know, and um, we we're about give it away, right? Give it away, give it for free and uh, see what it comes back as. Cause it's going to come back as something pretty cool. When you talk about growing each other and growing one another, you never know where it's coming from. I I had a guy in my golf league team just send me a text the other day and I, I haven't talked to him in, you know, four or five months. He's like, Hey, I was playing tennis with this guy who's this, he's an elite, you know, executive coach and he's worked with college coaches. He wants to come on the podcast. And this is someone who I, you know, it's like, look, you never know who you're influencing with your behavior, your words and how you treat people. So be kind, do the thing, right. Get better and grow one another. And that's really what we are about. No matter what the logo says, who we are, whatever, all of those things get better, grow one another give and as always live eyes up